You are now listening to the Millennial Travel Podcast with Matt Wilson. Hello, everyone, and welcome. I'm your host, Matt Wilson, and today we're here with Mike Scheibel. He is the founder and host of the Travel with Meaning podcast. He has a bunch of awesome stuff coming up that he's going to tell us about, and uh, he is someone who bought a one-way ticket to Australia over a decade ago now at this point and uh, has come back. Well, Maybe he hasn't come back. I'm not sure where he is right now, uh, but has been forever changed through that experience. And so we are going to dig into all things uh, travel. And uh, yeah, Mike, excited to have you. It's been a little while since we last spoke. What's up, Matt? Great to see you, man. Yes, it's, it's been a minute. Uh, it's grateful to have you on my podcast earlier, I guess, last year. And uh, wonderful to see you, man. Absolutely. Sorry, I, uh, I took a sip of, of tea there. And um, so, Mike, I've been meaning to, to talk to you about something. When I came on your podcast, you do a cold start. And I, had n- I didn't know we were recording. And, it, and it's fine. <laughs> and I didn't say anything that I wouldn't say on camera or whatever. But it's the first time anybody ever started a, a podcast off like that and just recording we're going and then you started asking me questions and I was like oh we must be recording okay I got to get into my podcast voice now so anyway I wanted to uh, to give you a hard time about that that was funny I like that I, I I guess I was thinking about that now I think where I felt in that conversation we just kind of I think I just started flowing and like you're someone I've I've admired from afar for a while and then we connected you sent me a copy of your ebook and I don't know, but you feel this way. Sometimes I get guests and I get so excited that maybe I just jump in and like 10 minutes later, I'm like, oh, I didn't even do an open. Let's just go for it. That, that's funny. Well, I almost before when we were talking, we were chatting, we were, we were talking about surfing, whatever. I almost just hit record or I almost just said, hey, let's let's roll into it because uh, we were, yeah, we were at a good cadence. So anyway, Mike, please take us back. I, I want to go straight back to your childhood because- uh, you had sent me over a bio of yours and most people's bio, you know, they'll talk about their professional experience or even in travel, they'll talk about what they've done as, as an adult, but you went straight back to being five years old. So uh, that must've had a uh, very, no pun intended, meaningful uh, impact on you. So I, I want to hear about it. Yeah. Travel growing up was, was always presence, whether I was getting postcards from my grandparents who traveled quite a bit, or my mom was taking road trips with friends or going on other trips, it was always something there. And my, my family would do these, you know, excursion trips, uh, ski trips, or we'd go to our lake house in Northern Minnesota. So it was always those things that I, I just associated with, with good times. I didn't have my meaning aspect yet, but it's something I always associated with a part of me. No, that, that, that makes sense. Um, and it sounded like you grew up similar to, uh, to how I did. It sounded like you had a road trip family. Is that right? Or it, um, your, your folks also had a place up in, in Northern Minnesota and you guys would go from California. Um, yeah. So it was, it, it seemed not, not close to home, but it was kind of, was it kind of a get in the car and go explore type of family? There were quite a few of those go explore experiences and what I'll say is this, back to Minnesota, both my parents are from Minnesota. My father grew up 
northern Minnesota on the Iron Range, my mom in Minneapolis. And we have this family cabin that roughly about 30 to 40 family members gather every summer. This cabin's been in the family almost 60 years now. And cousins from all over the country, as well as Canada, really just ascend on this every 4th of July. And so it's been, it's been the only place I've ever had in my life besides my, my parents' home, which they still live in, that I can go back each year and see pictures of myself at this place and have experiences of myself growing up there year after year that I can equate to being in this place and how I've transformed and developed over the years. As, as far as the road trip, we did one year, um, the Mecca, the, the pilgrimage to this cabin, we did the big family road trip. We did the almost like vacation, the movie, stopping at every, you know, big, big twine ball in the world and weird museum on the way there from California to Minnesota. But other than that, yeah, we did ski trip, road trips. We did a couple, you know, Palm Springs or other places in and around, but my family was pretty active. So I was, I was really grateful for those experiences. Cool. And um, it looks like, uh, I hate to just fast forward all the way to quarantine and COVID time. So let's, let's pause on, uh, on current events, mm. right? But um, so you, you went away maybe in, in school a little bit, but then it sounded like you really took the leap after you were, I don't know if fed up was the right word. I won't put words in your mouth, but you were, uh, you were in LA and you were doing LA things. So I would love to, yeah. to hear about that and what that was all about. Yeah, I'm gonna, I am gonna back up for two seconds because there, there's kind of an important thing there. Um, after graduating high school, uh, I always had this fantasy romance of wanting to go to Europe. And I probably talked about it all throughout high school with my friends and everyone was all into it. But when it came to it, I was the only one who went. Uh, I, I joined a tour, but I went by myself. And that was kind of like popping my cherry, opening my eyes wide up, similar to your experience going to Iceland. And it was kind of that wow moment. It actually led me to then study abroad a couple of years later. And again, all this amazing newness and things that are happening. I, after college, came back home to LA. Um, and as a lot of kids from LA, I got involved with entertainment industry and had a successful career for just over a decade as, an, as a talent agent and manager. And got to a point where I parted ways with a few clients and tried to figure out what the F am I doing in my life and my career. And that's where I, I bought a one-way ticket. And I just realized that I'd been putting so much effort on how do I take care of others? And what I deemed to be happy was actually how I was taking care of you. And I didn't, I didn't know myself anymore is what I figured out. And so buying this one-way ticket was kind of my, my eat, pray, love moments. I, before that was even a thing, I guess. And just to just figure me out and just to try and get out there. And this is before social, this is before kind of a lot of things. And I just kind of was like, screw this, I'm out and we'll figure it out. That's great. You said something interesting, Mike, and I guess it will, we'll dive deep into it because you said something about your happiness was derived based on, I believe uh, I'm paraphrasing that because I don't know exactly what you said, but how you treated others. Uh, mm. Is that, can you elaborate on that? Yeah. So at that time I was a talent, talent manager actually, and I put my heart and my soul into this industry into my clients. I was running my own shop and I viewed, if you were my client, I viewed your happiness, your success for me as my internal happiness and my success. So 
it was a worthiness value of earning. It was a worthiness value of your career. You're happy, whatever that could be. I was equating a lot of that for myself. Now, the other side of that too was I had recently gotten divorced. I had all these other things that kind of added up to being somewhat lost. And we know the best way to be found is to be lost on some level. And it was a really big aha moment for me as realizing that I wasn't putting any time and effort into my own well-being, my own happiness, my own why. That's great. And um, I was going to ask you this, the same way that uh, you treated your clients, right? And, oh, you see their success and then you feel successful or, okay, you made them happy. And then you say, oh, that means I, I should be happy. I must be happy, right? So mm-hmm. I, I was going to say this and then you you uh, let the cat out of the, out of the bag that you got forced. I'm curious if, uh, and you don't have to tell me details, of course, of your, your past relationship, but have you tried this with people? It could be your mom, it could be, be your dog right uh how have you ever tried that strategy and uh has it worked out for you because that's that's a tough that's a tough one right you see when you you define go ahead yeah but when you define strategy give me explain oh i mean have you ever found that in a relationship you have tried to make someone else happy and be like oh well that will make me fulfilled if i see this person doing well Absolutely. And you know, it's, it's interesting. And I was just having, I'm in a fantastic relationship now for several years with my amazing fiance, but we were having a conversation the other day about something. And it reminded me back to that time where I was on the verge of buying this one-way ticket. And I had this realization that you can't make anyone love you and you can't make anyone hire you. Right. And so equating that to my happiness, as far as like trying to force things to happen, So my happiness, again, I viewed of like trying to have someone else make me happy and trying to force things. Um, And when you're playing in the entertainment space, especially as an agent or manager, you're, you know, you're aggressive. This is, this is, this is entourage days. This is, you know, this is uh, Ari Gold. This is kind of, you know, even show me the money type aspect. So you're, 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 you're trained to think those ways, but the reality is, no, man, just be you, have a, have a heart, be authentic. And you let your true self shine through. Um, And quite frankly, that's what I learned from travel is the realization and the reminder of who I am, my self-worth, as well as um, allowing me to become my true authentic self. Okay. And and I was going to ask about that because have you, my my question was going to be, have you always been this authentic? Because of course, Los Angeles and show business and all that has a huge reputation for smoke and mirrors. So, uh, so just going to Australia and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, wait a second, I wasn't the person who I thought I was or why am I acting like this? Tell me about that. No, great question, dude. Great question, Matt. Um, within the year prior to me leaving, I had started to do quite a bit of self-love work, workshops, other things. So I had started laying the foundation, questioning myself, looking at things, um, spending a lot of time with, I don't know if you're familiar with the, the restaurant Cafe Gratitude, uh, started, uh, which started in San Francisco, now has multiple locations throughout California. Started spending a lot of time with that community. Um, but to your question, to your point, no. 
Absolutely not. And I even had a former client of mine years later, we went for a coffee or something. And she was like, wow, you're so different. I really, you know, have to tell you, you were kind of an asshole back in the day. And I, you know, I'd say it hurt, but I probably got it and I understood it. And I, a lot of it was perception and ego and how you're supposed to. And yeah, I totally own my shit and get that. And I hate that. You can never go backwards, but if you can look at yourself in the way that says, how do I choose to be? How do I choose to really be? And how do I want to be? And I definitely at times um, look at that and get caught up in it. And part of even my platform, it's, it's not the Mike Scheibel platform. It's travel with meaning because I believe it's, we all have these stories. I believe we as a collective community, and I believe so much in the we that, that I, that I lead with that. But yeah, man, I, I, um, I wish I can say I was always that way, but um, part of it is probably my frustration around things. Part of it was maybe just being misunderstood, but um, you know, there was never any intention around that. It was just, I guess, what, what uh, I thought this, the society and or the industry was, was training me to be. Sure. Yeah. Young guy finding his way. Uh, I had similar experiences in mm. New York, I guess. Um, yeah, that, that's interesting. And I'm sure everybody is wondering about cafe gratitude, as you said. Uh, so yeah, explain us a little bit more about that. Absolutely. So cafe gratitude, um, phenomenal vegan restaurant started in San Francisco by Matthew and Tiercy's Engelhart, um, really became it was kind of a cult thing, not cult, but more of a very hippy dippy kind of community thing in San Francisco. Very raw, very, very much on the vegan side. Um, and I got into it through a couple of my clients, a band I represented and a few other people. They were all from this community. And so I'd spend time, we'd go road trip there. And, and I started, you know, trying the food and taking the courses. And they have a very interesting concept that they do. And, and I'll share this with Grat Cafe Gratitude is that um, before you would start a shift working there, they would have what's called a clearing and to make sure that your, your mind and your heart is ready to be of service to be, do your job. And it was learning a lot of those practices and conversations that back to what you're saying, I started doing more of the self reflection on myself. And so those conversations with gratitude and those conversations with um, the people in that community really laid a lot of foundation for myself. And actually when I came back from my travels, they had, opened their first location here in LA. Um, I've since opened several other locations. And you know, I look at those times and that conversation with the gratitude community, it's such an important like pillar in my life. That's awesome. And, and are the uh, courses, are they personal development courses? Are they like raw vegan chef courses? Uh, tell us about that. You know, they've expanded considerably. So they have a whole assortment from cookbooks to a journal to multiple different courses. I don't know what they're offering anymore. Um, especially I don't think they're doing their in-person um, due to these current pandemic situations, but, um, and many of people have kind of just spiraled off of them too and started their own courses. People are familiar with whether it's uh, MITT or landmark or that kind of stuff. It, it's a lot of the same framework. Um, I think a lot of it is, starts to get us to look at ourselves and call ourselves out and then look at what's a story, what's real and how do we choose to be again? And, and how do we then take that? And I, I use travel as an example and to move this on our journey, whether it's our inner journey and outer adventures. So Cafe Gratitude is, is um, 
it's actually where I met my fiance, funny enough. Um, because when I, when I did come back from traveling, I, uh, I, I became very good friends with, with the owners and I, I took a job just hosting there just to, just to be around people and just to connect with those people. And, and I freaking loved it. And it was so fulfilling to me to be of service that way, but to connect with people. And one thing I'll say about the people who would come in there is high vibes, high caliber people. So you never know who you're talking to and just to sh share those moments and those experiences were just some of the best times of my life. Cool. And uh, I want to interject and say, uh, if anybody is looking for show notes, uh, under30experiences.com slash blog. And I'm going to try to link up some of these things. Cafe Gratitude. You mentioned landmark forums. You mentioned one other that I'll have to go back and listen to to, to put in. Uh, but if people are looking for resources, we can definitely drop those uh, at under30experiences.com slash blog. And um, okay, Mike, this word gratitude has become such a buzzword that they are now even, even uh, naming mm. cafes after gratitude. So, and this is something that uh, it's scientifically proven to be able to help people's health and well-being and happiness. So yeah, would love to just hear your take on gratitude and how this practice has uh, made a positive impact on you. So before I left for Australia, and again, this was really pre-social. Facebook had been around, but there was no Instagram or anything else really. I bought a website called My Grateful Journey. It just happened to be available. So My Grateful Journey. And my whole premise for the trip was to meet people, right? That's what I wanted to do. So what I did was I had three to five questions that I would ask everyone. And those questions were kind of the cornerstone for me only meeting people, but they started teaching me that we're all alike. You know, I would ask everyone really what inspires you? What does travel mean to you? And what are you grateful for? And within those conversations, again, I started learning about, does it matter where you're from, what religion you are, what nationality you are, but like there's cornerstone things that like we all find that are important. So this word gratitude that you just asked me about is, is um, become really important to me because especially in today's world where, we get really caught up in bullshit. You know, what, what, is in, what is taking my energy and my time and my space? Like, oh gosh, what does this bill look like? Or, oh gosh, I got to get this job done. Or what, these busy things that, that take up my time. But at the end of the day, you know, whether it's a meditation practice or some sort of practice, gratitude is a practice. It's the constant reminder of the thank you. The thank you of no matter where I am, like A, it can always be worse be like grateful that I'm still here on this journey. And then also just the gratitude of everything around, everything around that is here. And I think you're creating those, I'm not trying to sound too woo, woo but it's those vibrations and that energy that you're putting out there. Um, and, and I believe so much in that of what you put out, you get back. And I've, you know, ridden those waves over the years, pun intended. And, you know, I, I feel that I, I was gonna say, I wish I would have found gratitude so much earlier in my life. Those years I said I was an asshole. I, w I, wish, I wish I would have like had that wake up call a couple of times earlier of to realize you know, how I would have chose to be that way. But yeah, I, those, those days working at Cafe Gratitude or even just kind of leaning in so much more into like being uncomfortable to feel my gratitude for those spaces really put me on this path. Because quite frankly, a lot of us spend way too much time on social media and you create perceptions of what you think people's lives are be through 
a filter through a, a channel. It's all BS, you know, I'm not saying people don't have things or whatever, but we create these things in our head. The reality is the real and the real, what you experience and what you do. And so a lot of this gratitude is, is me also just spending more time in nature and connecting with real people to find those things that like really light me up. And that's what I've, I've been on a quest to do the last several years. That's really cool. I'm, I'm yeah, just thrilled to, uh, to hear it for you personally, but also for you to be able to share this with other people through your podcast, this podcast, et cetera. Uh, so Mike, I'm thinking, um, more about gratitude. And for me, I have high expectations for everyone and everything around me. If I, let's just use a silly example, stick my card in the, uh, in the machine at the gas station, I expect the damn machine to work. And it, when it doesn't, I get really agitated. I don't know why it's just one of those things. And this is a small, this is a small example, right? But just things that will frustrate me or that I wish I could just let, let pass a little bit. And of course, uh, having a meditation practice and observing these things before they pop up or right when they're about to pop up and be able to have a little time between them so you're not so reactive. That all helps, of course. Um, one thing I heard it, maybe it was Tony Robbins, I don't know, but um, I, I try to have uh, appreciation rather than expectations. So yeah, if you're, I didn't make it up, I can't take credit for it, <laughs> but I always try to do that. I'm like, oh, well, I appreciate that this gas station was even open and that I have a car that works and, you know, this magic of science. And yeah, I know that this is polluting the environment, but, um, you know, and you can just yeah. go down that rabbit hole and just at least try to appreciate things instead. So that's one of the da daily gratitude practices that I use uh, personally, but do you have something for people that, you know, are you a, a journaler where you just take 10 minutes and you just sit before I go to bed, I must write down things I'm grateful for, or how do you, how do you do it? Yeah. Um, great question. And I've done many different things throughout the years. Um, I'm in the past year, I've been in a consistent regular practice of a morning meditation and then journaling for 10 to 15 minutes of just kind of a mind dump. Um, but I usually do find my partner and I try and do before we go to bed, one thing we're grateful for. Uh, you said something that's so true. It's like the expectation game and the expectations are so harsh because what we all create that expectation. Uh, and I see that, I see that a lot with my parents sometimes, um, which, which makes it quite difficult. And so to your point, like it's, it's a couple of little things. I think, again, we're all different. And so it's finding what works for us. The writing down gratitudes, we, my partner and I, we just did like a 21 day gratitude challenge. Like we, we wrote, you know, little cards from this little box we had, which is great. And I think also if people have never done something like that, whether it's journaling or writing down gratitude um, practice or something they would appreciate, when you put it out in the world, it's a lot different than keeping it in your head, right? And anyone who kind of understands that you get it. It's like, we run around in our head all the time with way too much energy and way too much stuff going on. But once you release it and you can put it out there, it has the ability to become real and has the ability to really kind of stand the test of whatever that's going to be. So those are something I really appreciate. One thing I wanted to kind of just mention that you said that really reminded me 
One thing I learned from travel is that life is about the things that happen and how fast you get over them, right? Back to gratitude, back to expectations. It's not if I'm going to get into my head about some bullshit. It's when, because it's going to happen. And a lot of the time, like when I was on this trip to Australia, like especially the first couple of months, I was like, my crafty gratitude dude. And I was asking questions and I was great. And I remember somebody asking me about like, how do, you know, what happens to me if I don't always stay, you know, upbeat or gratitude. And it's really that thing, not if it's going to happen, when and how fast you can recognize yourself to get back on track. Because let's be realistic. We're all human. And we all, all have human feelings. They might not always be real, but human. So we have emotions and things are going to knock you off. And it's just recognizing that to get yourself back on track to be like, I'm okay, get back to what I need to do. And as I like to tell my partner, like, stay in your lane, stay in your lane, stay focused, and you'll be good. You know? Mike, why does this seem to be easier when you are away or when you were abroad and I'm when I'm in Costa Rica where I lived between 2012 and 2019 I don't expect things to work down there because they just don't work like they work in the states so I dropped my expectations I dropped expectations for people around me just like everything was really pura vida for, for me. And, uh, and for people who don't know that expression yet, translates to pure life, but the meaning of it is just very laid back lifestyle. But since I've come back to the States, I don't feel as good. I need to spend more time at Cafe Gratitude because I just don't feel, uh, and granted this is an incredibly stressful time for so many people, especially those of us in the travel industry mm. and, um, yeah, it's not it's not easy out there. We're we're recording this right now in February 2021. So hopefully we're at the tail end of this pandemic, uh, or at least we can see the light at the end of the tunnel. But when you travel, it seems just to be easier. Or maybe it's not for you. And maybe you're one of those guys that gets really stressed out in airports. But for some reason, I'm like, I'm on vacation. I'm so happy to be here wherever I am wait it like, oh, my flight's delayed, whatever, just rolls right off of me. Do you have that similar experience? 100%. Um, I'll tell you a quick story about that in two seconds, but to your point, and this is something I, li I like to really talk about, it's that when we step out of whatever our normal is and we let go of a schedule and don't worry about emails or those phone calls, we allow universe and other things to be in flow, right? Again, not trying to be woo-woo, but I've taken this from personal experience. And I think that a lot of other travelers are people who've been able to pull back to allow that to happen. Because once you get back in the rat race and allow the expectations and other crap to dictate your feelings, emotions, and energy, you become reliant upon that. And so for myself, that when you travel, it doesn't mean you're not doing stuff. I could have a bus leaving at a certain time and things are stressful, but you have the ability to be like, all good, no worries. Oh, I missed that plane. There'll be another one. And I remember specifically being in Kolak, Thailand. And I was supposed to go on a liveaboard dive trip and it kept getting canceled, kept getting canceled because the weather was really bad. And it got to the point where they're like, we're not going to go for like at least a week. Like this was like a crazy storm, like flooded everywhere. And I remember being in my little hotel room. Um, I mean, I knew no one there. And 
looking on my computer, looking at the weather. And I'm like, oh, it's so bad. Trying to decide where I should fly if I want to get away from this rain. And I remember I was like super frustrated. Do I fly to Chiang Mai or do I go to like Cambodia? And I was like literally frustrated. And I stopped in that moment and I laughed my ass off to be like, this is what I'm upset about today. This is what's taking my energy, whatever. I flipped a coin. I was like, let's go. Because it's allowing those things. It's not, again, it's not if it happens, but when. And when you could recognize it to pull your power and your energy back to being like, what do I choose to do? Look, some people really have things they need to do. Take care of family, do things. You have obligations. Totally respect anything that happens. But when you're able to be on your own or whatever that looks like, you choose. And you choose your happiness. You choose whatever it is. And once you're able to kind of navigate through whatever that is, you have the better ability to get back to something that's going to, you know, put you in a good space. That's great. And do you have any, let's call them travel hacks for patients uh, when you're traveling? Because that is part of the magic of travel, to be honest. To me, it's about the mindset, which is Mm. kind of what you just said. But yeah, how are you able to stay patient uh, at these times or for somebody's listening who is like oh man I'm a really nervous anxious traveler and um, I yeah I really want to scream at the lady when she tells me that I have a middle seat now because she had to swap me out for some bullshit reason right yeah what how do you guide that person yeah that, that again Matt that's a great question I think a lot of this comes down to your mental preparation you know, back to mindset. And I think prior to going on any trip, we, we can create an intention. Now, nothing's foolproof. Let's be realistic here. But if you're creating this intention and you're already starting to set yourself up with, there could be a delay, there could be this, why am I going? What am I doing? And visualizing this stuff. Visualizing the intentions is not expectations. It's just preparing yourself to ride the wave, right? So from that side of it, you already know that there could be a delay or this can happen. You're not trying to create the worst case scenario, but like doing your best to, and this is the other thing that happens when you're, when you're traveling, stay present because what happens when you're present is you see the magic because if we're too busy trying to upload a video or do this or do that, you miss the presence of the magic around you. Now that magic could truly be, this is crazy, but this magic can truly be, you being super mellow when she gives you a middle seat and that actually be like, you know what, that actually turns out you'd get to sit next to someone incredible or whatever it is. But it's that whole thing of, again, being aware, setting intention, being present to hopefully allow anything that could knock you off your path to really just be something that you just dust off your shoulder and keep going. Cause I believe that truly you keep yourself in those high vibes. You'll be rewarded. That's great. Because You know, it's, again, easy to do this stuff when you're abroad for me. But when you come home, that's when the real test is. That's like why they call it a meditation practice is because Mm. you're practicing for the real world here. And you want to, as I kind of explained earlier, you want to be able to catch yourself before you get into reactive mode. Uh, But do you have something for, you know, I've, I, mentioned to you earlier that, man, I haven't, I don't think I've been, I've definitely not been on an airplane in a year now. And I haven't been out of the country in 15 months. 
And that is a really long, that's the longest, I don't know, in at least 10 years uh, for me. And it's one of those things that I can be, I I am very grateful for this time because we had our daughter in April. So, I mean, what a better time to sit home. And as you said, be present. And yeah, there's not, it's a huge lifestyle change. Um, and we would have had our daughter more on the road. And we did a nice cross country road trip for the month of September, when she was four months old and went all around. And, you know, now we're up quarantining in, in New England and we're, we're good. We've had some experiences, but it's not like normal fast paced uh, life. Let's, let's just say that. But when you come back to the States, and then all of a sudden you're forced to be back in the rat race, uh, to use your, your words. How do you catch yourself then? Or how do you, you know, it's very easy to be present when you're watching that sunset in Koh Samoy, Thailand, right? Of course, you're not thinking about your social media posts, or hopefully you're not looking uh, yeah, at the not. sunset through your, your TikTok. Let's, let's pick on that social media platform for a minute, right? We're all, we're all guilty of it. I'm, I'm, you know, but how do you do it when you come back? Yeah, um, it's a very easy answer. And I'm going to tell you a story that actually goes with it. So the answer is nature. And it's nature on any level. Now, not all journeys are measured in miles. Let's, let's talk about that for a second. Nature, and not all of us, wherever you're listening to this conversation, not all of us have the ability to get into the mountains or the ocean or whatever it is like, Matt and I both love to get into the ocean. I, I spiritually, I love it. Whether I just dip my toes in or full body or surf or whatever it is, like I need it. I need it to replenish my soul. Um, but if it's a walk around the block and I, I get a lot of people are in super cold conditions these days, um, whatever it's going to be to kind of get yourself to reset is super important. Part of that trip when I went to Australia and I told you I was just asking these questions to people about what inspires you and what's, what are you grateful for? I met one of the most unique people I've ever met in my life. His name was Dingo Dave. And Dingo Dave was a tour bus driver on um, Fraser Island in Australia. And Dingo, they called him Dingo Dave because he had this weird obsession with dingoes, like literally weird. But he would like rap about him. And I asked Dave that question. I said, what inspires you? And he said, well, that's easy. He said, if you ever want to know anything in your life, you go to nature and she'll tell you everything. And I always knew, look, nature was great. I always knew nature had a place in my life, but I never, I didn't understand what he said. Um, Mainly because there was also something about Dave. Dave had never seen, sent or received an email. So my, I felt my goal was to try and get this guy on social media. Like just the former talent agent guy. I'm like, let's change your life, buddy. Let's get you on Facebook you were that guy huh oh dude oh so that guy and i didn't realize that he was the one teaching me to just chill out dude go take a walk go go do this and it's taken me it took me years to like do that but i always go back to that conversation so to kind of come back to your answer however you can be in nature however you can find something to just to refocus replenish yourself and that's gratitude again because once you look at we are on this big planet that's spinning and all the things that are truly happening around in the state of the world. And if you can watch a sunset or just watch a, a tree, you know, blow in the wind, blow in the wind. It's amazing. 
it's amazing and it's appreciative and it's all these things that we just need. So how, whatever you can do to change your energy for that moment, jump in water, whatever it is. So that, that's what I do on any, any chance I get. That's awesome. And um, how about, Mike, how about community? You uh, mentioned this as, uh, you know, being part of this community cafe gratitude, but what are some other communities? And please don't, don't say under 30 experiences. This is not me trying to get you to, to uh, pitch uh, under 30, but what, yeah, can you, can you tell us instead of communities that we could get involved with, maybe uh, the, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Just the, the, uh, the power in community and being connected to other people. And because if you just go back to your, where I used to live before I took off um, in 2012 or whenever it was in New York City, all of a sudden you can feel really lonely uh, if you go back to that situation. So unless you were surrounded by the right people. And I think that's something that people really struggle with. Uh, do you have any advice for people on that? Well, especially now, right? Especially as we're living in a pandemic and you and I are both fortunate in the standpoint of we have partners in our life and we have people around us and a lot of people are struggling. And I, I, I hear that. And there are a couple different things. I, I, definitely really encourage people to reach out and find whether it's, you know, zoom groups or networking aspects they can do for, for myself. I've, I've done a couple things consistently. Uh, one is I'm part of the transformational travel council, uh, the TTC, and they do, they do many different events and things. But one thing that I've been consistent with is uh, a weekly Wednesday call I did this morning and people all over the world and hearing what people are going through, whether it's through the pandemic or just sharing stories and conversations or whatever it is, it's great. Uh, it's great just to kind of connect with people. I think quite honestly, even that, that new app clubhouse, sure. um, if, if people don't know about it as much as it's a social media platform, there's something different about getting a chance to listen to people share and talk versus talk at you. Um, on, a, on another social platform. It doesn't mean everything's perfect with it because it's not, but I think those areas you can get some human connection and conversation are very important. So to the point on community, it's so important and it's so hard for certain people and certain things right now. Um, I would just really encourage people just to do what they can to, to find whoever it is that they can share anything. Find Call an old friend, whoever you're going to be to, to find those community aspects because community and connection are truly, I think, what's really important too, right? It's not where you go, but who you meet along the way. Well said. Well said. No, that's, uh, that's awesome, Mike. Thank you for, for sharing that. And so you love nature. You're in, you're in California. You were telling me where you were, but um, I, I kind of missed it, right? I don't know California all that well. So when I, I'm originally from the East Coast, so when, when you told me, I was like, I know that's a good surf spot, but I can't remember exactly where it is. So yeah, yeah. yeah, tell me, tell me about where you are and maybe what's, what's next for you, how you see yourself coming out of this pandemic. Yeah. So I'm currently in Santa Monica, California. Oh, you're in so, Santa Monica. Okay. I've heard of that. I've been there. I know I could, I could find that on a map for you. Don't yeah. worry. Mike. <laughs> I, I, I grew up just North of here in Pacific Palisades and I'm currently in Santa Monica. Um, so I've actually partnered with a, with a friend of mine. His name is Jack Stewart. Uh, Jack is the co-host of 
the Emmy award-winning show, Rock the Park. Uh, Jack is a professed uh, national park geek. And we started doing these road trips with meaning. And it's, it's w- during the pandemic, uh, early, I guess, outbreak time, early lockdown time, I should say, uh, I took a road trip up to the Eastern Sierras and really kind of had this boom moment of how important nature is, how important nature is for therapy. And I started getting hit up by all these people about, please tell me where to go or what to do or all this stuff. And for the longest time, I've always been like, oh, go here, do this or whatever. Or, oh, here's a camper van company that will give you a discount if you mention travel with meaning. Well, as I mentioned, Jack and I kind of looked at this model and said, how can we help people? Because what he gets hit up all the time with too is, okay, I want to go camping. Where do I go? What do I do? And, you know, people don't know what they don't know. And so we've actually created this really interesting curriculum to take people into nature as a way to like help with what's happened with healing. Yeah. We want to get people out there and seeing amazing sunsets and whether it's jumping in lakes or hot springs or going epic hikes in the desert, super great. But we also want to do this in a way that, you know, has conversation for people to start sharing things that maybe they just hadn't said out loud to people. We did a trip about a month, a month and a half ago and we had two couples and one of the couples I've known for a long time, I had never heard this guy talk that much in my life. And his wife was like, wow, he's like a new person. And it's that whole thing that we keep talking about. When you're out of your normal comfort zone, you're allowed to become your true authentic self. And this guy started sharing and doing things and was totally into the journal prompts and our morning gratitude circles and everything that kind of encompassed this whole experience. So yeah, to, to your point, we're, we're starting to do a couple of these, these trips really for ourselves to be in nature, but how do we help others? And how do we do it in a way that like really gets people on the healing path? And if this could be something we do on a more consistent basis, fantastic. For myself, it's, it's really what I believe travel with meaning to be. And I'll tell you this, when I started the brand, I had so many people, I mean, like major CMOs and people saying to me like, well, what is meaning? And I would always be like, well, what do you want it to be? Because travel is personal. And it's, just, oh, it's, it's very personal to each and every one of us. And what I can do is I can take you there and you create your own meaning. I will give you the roadmap to what it is, but you create your own experience of how it's going to do something for you to then take that experience back home with you and hopefully be able to apply it to your own experiences in your daily life. So yeah, to your question, hopefully be able to continue to to take people in places, whether it's through authentic conversations or through road trips or other things to really use travel as this vehicle to, to help with healing and growth. Beautiful. Well, I'm glad you're doing it. And uh, wanted to ask you this show uh, that you mentioned sounds really cool. Rock, Rock the park. You would love it, dude. Uh, Rock the Park. Uh, I think they've done eight seasons on ABC. Uh, oh, wow. States. Yeah. Um, and and I should also introduce you to Jack, too, because you'll love him. He literally just passion project for him. Just started shooting videos in college about his experiences in national parks and has turned into being this incredible, not only just guy in nature, facilitator of conversations to get people inspired to be in nature. Oh, that's awesome. Is it available online? Uh, like, I'd like to link to it on the sh- in the show notes if yep. I can. So their their website is Those Park Guys. Those and Park Guys, okay. The, the show is called Rock the Park, and it's usually Saturday mornings on ABC. Okay, huh. Well, look what I've been missing with that TV. Uh, it's, I, well, you've been, you've been lucky. 
<laughs> yeah, it's not, it's not all bad, you know, it's like everything in our, uh, in our society is, it's black or white, there's no nuance, it's either good or evil, and, you know, we all know that's entirely not true, so, um, well said, yeah, thanks, thanks for, for sharing those resources. Mike, you want to do a couple rapid fire questions? Let's do it. All right. So uh, in this little segment, um, I think you probably know how rapid fire works, but I'm going to ask you a question and you just say whatever comes to your mind. Uh, you can elaborate on, it, elaborate on it quickly if you would like. Um, but yeah, just top of mind. So we want to hear what, what comes to your, to your head. So uh, if you could go anywhere in the world for a life-changing retreat, where would it be? Peru. Beautiful. Any place particularly in Peru? All of it. I mean, I really want to be in the ocean, right? That, that one long left. I just want to surf that for days and then get lost in the jungle. And then obviously got to make it to Machu Picchu. Uh, but Peru has been a place on my mind for so long that um, spiritually and connectivity wise, I just, I don't know. There's a lot of other places bucket list wise I'd go, but yeah, from that question, Peru is right there. Excellent, excellent pick. Excellent, excellent pick. Um, all right. If you could have one person on your podcast to have a meaningful conversation with that you've not already spoken to, who would you have? That's such a great question. Um, I'm, I'm, that's such a great question. Um, that list is so long and so fascinating. Uh, I, I think the first person that came to my mind, um, well, there's, there's two really that have come to my mind. One, I know it's so weird, but Brian Grazer, the producer, I've just always find him to be fascinating because I know he's had so many interesting travels back in the day that I, I just, I find him to be just ridiculously interesting. I think he's fun. Um, and um, why is this other person's name escaping me in this moment? Um, um, oh, what's her name? I'm literally just totally i know we're rapid fire here people but i get to take a moment hold on sorry mike's mike's taking a moment i'm, I'm taking a moment we should put the jeopardy music on we should put a couple jeopardy musics on because I and, literally... and i'll fill i'll fill the time by saying that i don't know who the first person is i need to look them up and, and you know put them now on you... the uh in the show notes you're good uh well brian grazer just the producer the the mega producer uh danica patrick is also someone i've always wanted to the, the race car driver just danica. because I, I find her to be fascinating because I know she's also had quite a bit of travels, but also just her experience coming up and the race car side of it. Uh, the other one I, I had kind of top of the list was Sam, Sam Goodwin um, is someone who, if do you know Sam? No. Sam who traveled to every country in the world, but when he was in, oh gosh, it wasn't Afghanistan. It was uh, Syria. He got kidnapped. Uh, and so I, I, I think his stories, he made it out. So just super, super fantastic from there. Uh, Pasquale Rotello, um, someone who I've admired and known for years, who started kind of the EDC conversation, founded Insomniac. Uh, but I want to hear about some of his early travels going to Europe and, and just kind of him in including that culture in his life to really help make the rave seem what it is. I'm not a raver personally, but I just admire how he's been able to transform that whole generation of people. And then one other person that kind of hit me was... Um, Sarah Blakely, uh, the lady who started Spanx, because uh, I just I'd seen some interesting kind of blurs about her, about travels that, again, had impacted her. 
and I, and I'm sure you found this too. I've, I find that no matter who you are successful wise, CEO, entertainer, blah, 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 something, something has happened to you travel wise that has changed you. So I know that wasn't really rapid fire and my list probably is too long and you made me nervous in a good way, but uh, I don't think there's any shortage. And, and I say that all the time. People are like, who's your number one, you know, get, I probably have to get better with that. Cause I, I get just so geeky and just excited about everyone. That's awesome. Well, it just shows that you love what you do. And uh, yeah, that's, that's a real gift. Um, so Mike, back on the rapid fire pace, Go. if you could have a place now you have your, your uh, two dozen people that you just listed off. <laughs> just, just kidding. I know it was only half a dozen, but where would you one place to have that meaningful conversation? And it could be with anybody. So it's not, I would talk to this person here, this person there, but you had to have the one conversation place. And this was going to be your, your uh, Zen spot. Where would you do it? Bali. I mean, okay. Bali just kind of jumped at me. As, as it, far anywhere as specific in Bali. Um, so the Alila properties, <laughs> Alila. Uh, and actually I, they're, they just opened several properties in California too, but if you're just taking me, I'm going to go to Bali. Um, I think anywhere in, in Bali, but mainly um, Ubud, uh, somewhere you're just getting the, the, the peace and the love and just that Zen that goes with it. Beautiful, beautiful. And the country that has made the most positive impact on you. Hmm. New Zealand was the uh, first thing that came to my mind. I, uh, I just always have just had such a love affair with that country. I can't wait to go. It's one of the, uh, one of the only places that we go with under 30 experiences that I haven't been personally. So it's a, it's a long haul, but I need to get there. Indeed. Mike, this has been a blast. Uh, If people want to connect with you, get involved with your community, again, your podcast is called travel with meaning, but where can people reach out to you directly? Yeah, you can just uh, hit me up, Travel With Meaning website, um, Travel With Meaning Instagram. Uh, you can find me also just email hello at Travel With Meaning or Mike at Travel With Meaning. Uh, and Matt, I have to say, again, I've admired you for quite some time with what you've built and your stories. So I was really grateful and honored to have you as a guest. But more than anything, just to be part of your community and, and hear your stories and to share back is what this is about. So thank you so much for this. Mike, you got it. This was a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, there was a lot of value here for, for everyone. So thanks again for being on. Awesome to connect. We will need to do it again sometime. Yeah, brother. And let's get in the water sometime. I, I, I would love if Definitely. it's not as cold, but you know, you know. You got to bring your, uh, your seven millimeter wet, swim, or, uh, wetsuit if you want to come up here. I don't even know. I, could only, I think that freaks me out trying to put that on and off, right? Because the four three is like, oh, tough. But seven mil, you're crazy. Please, no, no, I'm, I, I'm joking. That would just be for what you would probably need if you're not used to it. So I, I still wear a four three all winter, but of course, really, I didn't get out. I have seven millimeter booties, which are like wearing Air Jordans, airtight but Air Jordans. I, you have gloves too, though. Yeah, and, and my gloves are only three millimeters. They're not so thick, but um, yeah, it's it's cold. I try to go on sunnier days and on days that are not as windy so uh yeah hey we're gonna sign off and mike and i are gonna geek out about surfing for a little bit uh longer but 
thanks everybody for listening in. Thanks everyone. Peace.